0: Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Okra, the public education podcast
1: for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Cavernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association, and I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Friday Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday.
0: Well, this morning we're uh, joined by two guests. First, we have Ivy Riggs from our Legislative and Political Organizing Center. Thank you for joining us, Ivy hello
2: thanks for having me
0: and we also are joined by amber spradlin president of the choctaw nakoma park association of classroom teachers good morning amber hello well we wanted to visit with you guys about the election coming up on tuesday we've got the primary runoff um, this tuesday august 25th so if you there are 50 counties in oklahoma that if you live in those counties you have at least one thing on the ballot uh, 15 of our school districts have bond issues coming up. Um, and we want to talk about legis- the legislative races. There are several throughout the state. Um, so let's talk, Ivy, tell us a little bit about what are we watching as far as education advocates? What are we paying attention to right now?
2: I mean, there there are several runoff races out there for for next Tuesday. But the only one that our PAC has voted to get involved with is the Senate, uh, Senate District 17, uh, Ron Sharp is just a diehard education champion Mm -hmm. running for his last term in the Senate. He has, Mm -hmm. you know, just never wavered for fighting for public education since he's been in and we really need to keep him in office.
0: Um, And he, uh, Senate district 17, that's Shawnee, Choctaw, that sort of. Luther. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Some, some of Oklahoma County and a little bit of Pottawatomie County. Yeah.
0: So it's been, I mean, for, for those of us who follow education news, it's been, a really fascinating, long, like sordid tale of Senate District Seventeen. Oh. Um, there have been lot. I mean, there's lots happening. So yep. this is tons of money coming into this race for one Senate seat. Um, can you give us a? I mean, what does that look like? What's What's going on right now?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, you'll hear the term "dark money" or you'll hear the term "super PAC." Mm-hmm. Which is uh, very differently than, than regular people have to report how you're spending campaign money.
0: Okay, so tell us about that. Right,
2: so this race has more than your average state senate race, where you've got some outside groups who are spending, you know, uh, half to three quarters of a million dollars it's on, a ridiculous on, amount of money. on mailers and, and social media ads and, you know, just, just a ton of stuff to... Uh, to get rid of Sharp. And and in our opinion, um, it's because he has been such an avid advocate for uh public money staying in public schools, not mm-hmm. not uh, you know, siphoning money off for for other types of schools. You know, brick and mortar public schools are his passion. He taught for 32 years. And so these other groups have have not had to report, you know, where the money's coming from, how they're spending it. All of that stuff, and so um, it's scary how much money is flowing into Senate District Seventeen.
0: So, talk about how that, like, if you donate to a a dark money group, how is that different than if you donate directly to a campaign, like as opposed to his candidate versus a super PAC? Like, what what's the
2: difference? Sure. So, if I decided to write a check to you know Ron Sharp for Senate, you know whatever his campaign is called, yeah, then I have to put my name, uh, my information, what I do for a living. Mm And they have to report that. If it's more than $1,000, which let's be clear, I'm not donating more than $1,000, <laughs> but they have to report we know it. where you went. They have to report it within 24 hours. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, so so very, very regimented ethics guidelines. And by, if, the,
0: by the state, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. The
2: Oklahoma State Ethics Commission. Okay. Then if you're talking about the super PACs or the DART money, they don't have to file near as often. Hmm. Many times they're filing on the federal level, not on the state level, and they don't have the same guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our current administration has actually loosened a lot of those dark money and super PAC guidelines. So there's just way less of a paper trail. Mm-hmm. You know, we always say follow the money, and you'll yes. you'll see where priorities lie. Well, it's way harder to do that when
0: yeah.
2: what has been proven in this Senate district, particularly, is the LLC set up is not, in fact, an LLC the secretary of state's website has actually certified that it's a fake corporation what? that was set up where half a million dollars has flowed through what so there's some legal uh kind of avenues that are that are going to have to be uh taken care of i, I don't know exactly yeah. I'll, I'll be honest i don't know how that works i don't know what agency would police that would yeah. investigate it but, but surely someone is.
1: But dark money, I mean, anybody can give to a super PAC and you can give, you know, tons of money to a super PAC and they can't trace it back to you. Correct. So. But there are limits if you donated directly. But
2: if we donate directly to. A candidate. A candidate. It's a $5,000 a, for a, a PAC. Right. A PAC can donate up to $5,000 and an individual can donate up to $2,800. I,
0: I would not know that personally. Because well, I've never made a donation of $2,800. Exactly. But, but you can donate a... <laughs> whatever
1: to that super PAC. Correct. Right. right. There's no, like there's no limit. Right. And then they can go and do whatever nefarious things that they do. And like the mailers, I remember hearing
0: about those, that they have just been really awful. Awful. Yeah. Like tell us about something.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because Amber, you're from that. You,
3: that's your area, right? that is my area have you seen have you seen some of these yeah daily yes we have seen these mailers and we have come to the point in our house where we do not allow them in the house they go (laughs) straight to the dumpster because they are so obscene and ridiculous
0: so like describe for those of us who don't live there out there or haven't seen them what is like give us an example
3: Um, Typically, I would think if you're doing a campaign, you would want to do something where you're promoting what you're standing for. These are just personally attacking Ron Shark's um, character and his voting and what he has done, uh, and especially for education. So they are specifically just, I mean, it's ugly, just downright ugly towards him.
2: Wow. I I think specifically to kind of give you a, I will, very surface level there was a vote where the majority of both parties voted for a tax credit for the film industry to mm-hmm. bring uh, movie making to Oklahoma. And it's proven to to bring, you know, $7 for every dollar we've spent on this tax credit. We've mm-hmm. made $7, you know, not not to mention what the communities where the movies are made have made mm-hmm. in in revenue. But they have put pictures of Harvey Weinstein on these mailers and said, because he voted for this tax credit, he must be in the same club. And to me, that is disgusting and, and has no, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, has nothing to do with anything, uh, concrete, but just putting that into people's minds. And that's, I don't, and that's happened in, when, with other
0: races too, the yes, yeah. same correct. tax credit. I just correct. think, I think that's offensive. Um, Well, let's talk about um, what we can't control. This is what I tell my children. We can't control what other people do. Um, We can't control what we can do. So let's talk about what, um, you know, COVID has made things really, I mean, it's just different. You're not knocking doors and talking to people, um, but we can be active. So Amber, I know that you've been, you've been volunteering. Um, What, what have you been able to do despite the pandemic?
3: So, one of the things I really enjoy the most doing is just hanging door flyers, just hanging those out on doors. Um, occasionally, we'll have our mask on and we'll run into somebody who asks questions mm.
4: um,
3: regarding Ron Sharp himself, and it's always an honor to get to speak to someone who questions what's happening uh, legislatively, but um, we love to just to put those door knockers on so that whenever they come to the front door, there's, there's those there, uh, but we can also... Uh, we've been able to make phone calls to individuals informing mm-hmm. them, being able to paint a picture for them that they're not misconstrued with the flyers, obviously that have been coming out.
1: Yeah. Um, I know people have been writing, uh, personal note cards, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to their friends and family that live in different districts with other races, because as yeah. we said, there are other, uh, runoffs going on as well. Um, it, COVID COVID has put a damper on, you know, that face-to-face campaigning process for sure, but it doesn't put a damper on uh, our involvement and activity. It's more important than ever before. Right. And
0: Amber, what do you, what would you say to some to other other members, other educators, support staff who are wondering like, you know, I can't I I I don't want to get out in this pandemic like that makes me nervous. What would you what would you say to them about why it's important to continue advocating even during the pandemic?
3: Oh, my goodness, even as an educator, it's so important to educate people. Uh, there's so many false things that are coming out right now. So whether it be talking to family members, talking to um, anyone that you may be in contact with, as, as it is very challenging with COVID going on, um, but reaching out, social media has been a big outlet um, mm-hmm. for me and for a lot of our other members to be able to get the truth out there. Yeah. Um, with each choir comes a new exaggeration or something else that we need to clarify, and so we can jump on and we can inform voters. Um, as an educator, I can't imagine what it would be like without having Ron Sharp up there. It's scary beyond belief because we know that <laughs> Shane Jen is just not going to, to even listen to us at this point.
0: Man, this it's such a it, the runoffs are such a critical race. I mean, there was a huge field for so many races in the primary, and now um, some people kind of forget that there is a primary runoff, or that they're that they have something to vote on Tuesday.
2: Right, especially since it's not every single ballot. I pulled yeah. my sample ballot, and I don't actually have a vote. Yeah, me this either. Tuesday, yeah. And So I think when you hear people say, "Oh, we don't have anything," then oh, you start to second guess. Yeah. You know, I think to add to what Amber said. What, what we've always said is we don't have the money that, that these people have, Sure. but what we have is people and, mm-hmm. and our power is in our people. And that's why it's so important for for folks like Amber and, and our members in, out in that area. Uh, you know, this is not only Choctaw, but uh, we've got folks in Shawnee that have been volunteering uh-huh. and doing the same types of things. And so in COVID, it is tricky. But you can write uh, postcards, you can make phone calls, mm-hmm. and you can hang things on doors where you're not putting yourself or anyone else in danger, and it's so important. Alicia, you've been out,
0: you volunteered, I, yeah, during this election cycle.
1: Last last weekend, my husband and I went up to Shawnee and um, met with a couple of a teacher and a school board member, yep. and um, and we did uh, we separated out our lists and and. Uh, did a literature drop yeah I've done that for other candidates as well and mm-hmm. and you know when you meet outside and and you get the information and you get back in your own car and and are just walking and and dropping uh lit on front doors it's easy it's safe um and uh and fun I mean usually our daughter goes with us but she got a job this summer so that's limited <laughs> you know You're excused, her excitement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But but it it just goes to show that you have to put in that sweat equity yeah. to get the outcomes that we need for public education. Did you
0: so I'm curious, did you when you were out dropping literature, did you encounter anybody? Did you talk to anybody or was it yeah. all
1: Yeah? Yeah, like when somebody's garage is open mm-hmm. and they're standing there and you get out. And then you fold the literature
0: into a paper airplane and then throw and it to yeah, them.
1: Yeah, and or they're heading into the garage and you're like, I don't want to frighten you. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you I know. totally
0: just frightened you. <laughs>
1: so i you know I and mean, then you get to have some good conversations yeah. hey i'm an educator uh and i am supporting this candidate because yeah you know xyz and and the th- i have only one time have i had negative experience you know in all the years that i've yeah. been doing this
0: You know, I um, see my secret is I just uh, volunteer with Ivy and then I make her go talk to people and I don't do that part. (laughs)
2: Anytime there is someone, if the door is open, if the garage is open, if you see a person at all, Carrie's like, Ivy, this one's yours. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. Thank you. Um, Well, great. Well, Amber, is there anything else that you'd like to share with
0: members or encourage people um, to be advocates during this time?
3: Well, I know that when I go out, I have my kid who... He's a little like his mama. He he likes to uh, talk to people and encourage them to vote. (laughs) When I get to take my kids with me, I get to show them that right there is why I do this. Um, That that. is why I will continue to to beat the pavement and go door to door and encourage people to vote and make people register and things like that. Um, Because it's their future. It's the money that's coming into the school systems where they're at and where I teach. And so we just have to make sure we make it real. Um, and so I just want to let everyone know that this Saturday um, you'll be able to come to Choctaw or to Shawnee to the Bronx there at 830. And we would love to have you come out, social distance, but hang some flyers.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And and not just with uh, legislature, but there are bond elections going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, bonds are Im- yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our schools to continue to function for our buildings, technology, mm-hmm. buses. I mean, our our schools count on that bond money uh, in order to survive. And the need for that bond money is exacerbated with the uh, funding that we're having to spend on COVID related issues. For sure.
0: Yeah. there are
1: school board races
0: at different times of the year I mean there are many ways if the legislature is not your jam there are there are plenty of other ways that voters need to be engaged and remember that education is a key part of uh, what they vote on
1: and and get out and vote mm-hmm. you can't not
2: you can't just work for a candidate and not vote you've got to do all of it mm-hmm. I, I wish people would see that the that the decisions being made closest to your home are the ones that affect your everyday life the most mm-hmm. school board races city council races mm-hmm. mayor races state legislature races don't get caught up in the national nonsense yeah uh, that doesn't affect our day-to-day life near as much as as these local races do and so i would love to see more participation on that level yes same same yep. well all right well thank you so much amber thank you ivy
0: for joining us and everybody get out and vote tuesday
2: i'll see you Saturday, Amber. All right. Bye. <laughs>
0: Bye. And now we are joined by Gina Nelson, who is our current Oklahoma State Teacher of the Year. Good morning, Gina.
4: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, we are so grateful that you're here. Super excited. Um, so for, for those who might not know you, um, give us a little background about yourself. How did you, how did you come into teaching?
4: Um, well, sure. So I think that my path has not been really conventional. I actually started out um, as an actor director and a casting director. What? Um, and yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I, I would. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I actually started working, um, doing some after school programs for some at risk kids. Uh-huh. And I came home after doing the first lesson. And I realized this is what I've been missing, that that oh. connection giving back. And I really hadn't felt whole until that. So I actually walked away from that career, uh, finished off my last film and uh started looking for teaching jobs and actually landed one in inner city Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh wow. and it has been just the best decision I ever made my whole life. And I have been teaching now for 15 years.
0: Wow. I didn't, I didn't, I knew that you were a, um, a non-traditional teacher, but I didn't realize that you had, that you had switched like that. Like that's a dramatic switch. So, um, tell us about, um, what you teach and why that age.
4: Sure. So, um, originally I taught theater and musical theater. And in the last four years, I switched to uh, composition and academic enhancement. Uh, I used to be a high school teacher. Now I teach at middle school and I I actually just, I love um, everything about, you know, writing. Mm -hmm. I think that it is extremely important. It's, it's one of those skills that, that everybody needs. And I think even coming from my theatrical background it really, I can see how the two tie together. We're, we were writing constantly in theater. We're writing constantly in my class now. And with academic enhancement, it really is giving those students just a little bit more help either in, in their academics or maybe character-wise, mm-hmm. uh, trying to build them up so that they can be successful.
1: I mean, that's that's what we all want to do mm-hmm. with no matter what subject or grade level we teach. That is the impetus, I think, for all of us, is, Absolutely. is to help help our Absolutely. kids be successful. Um, so as Teacher of the Year, what what is your platform? What do you want to accomplish?
4: Sure, so my platform this year is called Public Education Saves Lives. Um, and this is based off of the things that have happened in my life and the programs that I've started that actually not only recognize kids that are in trauma and uh, help those kids in trauma, but offer them a pathway out of it through career-based curriculum, just the same way that I was helped out of my situation. And so I really believe as educators, you know, we, we have had this reawakening of, uh, you know, recognizing trauma in the classroom. How do we help those kids? And that's kind of the next step. They can't, they can't just be inspired by it. Mm-hmm. We have to find a way for them to break that generational generational cycle of trauma. Mm-hmm. And that comes by making sure that they are prepared post high school for whether they're going to go um into college or they're going into career tech. But that is what is really and truly going to help them break the cycle.
1: You know, I I, I think that is fantastic and and so true. We have to have an investment in our students' whole well-being uh, in order to Absolutely. to help them break that cycle. Um, uh, it's, it's so important. So was there a teacher in your life that helped you break that cycle of, of trauma?
4: Absolutely. Um, I love talking about him. Uh, Mr. Steven Smallwood, he was my high school drama teacher. And he really recognized that I was struggling, and he gave me an opportunity to kind of work through my trauma in his drama class. But then he also connected me with a professor who offered me a full scholarship to go to school. And because of him, I was the first one in my family to go to college. I have been the first one to kind of break that generational trauma uh, and move forward and, and create a more healthy lifestyle for my own family, uh, and for my students. Um, I used that same kind of that format that help that he gave me, uh, when I was a high school teacher, uh, right. at Edmund North High School. I was there for, for five years and my students in those five years earned over $4 million in scholarships to go to school. Oh my word. And the ones, and the ones who were not, uh, ready to go to college, were actually placed in internships directly after high school and had jobs waiting for them. So it is because of Mr. Smallwood that I've kind of made this lifelong passion of making sure that not only do we recognize those kids that are in trauma, but we get them the help that they need.
0: So one of the challenges right now is getting getting them that help. I mean, COVID has made this year So challenging in every, I mean, in every facet of life. I mean, every, every direction. Um, how, like, I mean, what a year to be teacher of the year. How, how has COVID affected the pandemic affected what you're trying to accomplish? Like what your message is? Because it seems like now more than ever, our kids will need those connections.
4: Uh, absolutely. Actually, it's uh, it forced me to be a lot more creative and a lot of educators to be creative, sure. where, uh, you know, over the last few months, a, a lot of health professionals have switched to telehealth. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that I still can't get my message out across the state and help teachers, educators, um, prof- professionals and students virtually. I can help them virtually our counselors are are ready to offer assistance to our students virtually Mm -hmm. or um, we've seen that there have been more partnerships with health and human services and social workers that are are ready to to stand by and to help us and so while we have a lot of restraints on us we have a lot of uh, avenues for creativity Yes. Maybe things that we hadn't thought about yet. Yes, And I think that, I, and I really and truly think that that is important to embrace. So while maybe I can't, uh, or, or maybe I can, depending on the school, but if I can't travel one day, maybe I can jump into somebody's class virtually and help a teacher or help, or talk to a group of students
3: mm-hmm. or do some
4: career counseling um, with them as well. And so for me, I, I don't, I feel limited in the fact that I can't get in my car and drive and be face-to-face with some groups, but I do not feel limited on the reach that we can possibly have at this time.
0: And your platform is still just as critical, if not more.
4: I I believe so. And I think that uh, because I'm a person that uh, I, I do believe and I use the power of social media, I'm hoping that people will reach out to me. So if you can't see me in person or you're living in another state, you can still reach out and I'm, I'm available and I'm more than willing to help or talk or, or, or guide anyone. Uh, and, and I think that that's kind of been the most eye-opening thing for me since March is that while I felt a little bit confined by my computer, all of a sudden I'm making more connections through the computer, even yeah. though I am a face-to-face person, uh, but I can still make that impact and make that connection. And that's what's truly important.
0: What I, I follow you on Twitter. You're always tweeting out the oh, good stuff. You. What um, What's your <laughs> handle for everybody?
4: Um, so you can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, and it is OKToy2020. Okay
1: there we go. Easy enough. And if somebody wanted to have you come to their classroom virtually or if they were meeting face to face and that's something that uh that has been okay for you to do um how do they I, how do they request that
4: so all you have to do is you go to the state department of education's website um and they actually have a teacher of the year page and there is a little link that you can request uh to have the teacher of the year speak and what will happen is you fill out the form and then it will um, go to the State Department. They'll make sure my calendar is clear. And then we are ready to rock and roll. And the great thing is, is that I, I can really tailor what your school needs, um, the, you know, depending on, on the subject area. And so that's really exciting for me, too, is that if I go into a rural school, whatever they need me to talk about or whatever fits, you know, uh, what they're trying to reach with their students, I'm more than comfortable with doing that. The same thing with any part of the state. My goal is to shed a light on the amazing things that teachers and students are doing every single day in the state. Mm-hmm. And so, I want them to use my platform. I this is not about me. This is about all of us. Yep. And anytime that they reach out, and you know whether it's on social media or it's um, through, you know a presentation, I am going to shine the light on everything that they are doing because they deserve it. And that's what
0: this platform is for. And to backtrack a little bit, I do have to say that my children um, are they're a little annoyed with you, Gina. Um, Because I got (laughs) I uh, I heard about the idea of having your kids wear masks during screen time (laughs) to get them adjusted to wearing a mask. And much to their chagrin, I, that's like a brilliant idea. So we've adopted it. Um, I won't, I won't tell them where the idea came from. So. <laughs> oh,
4: thank you. So, thank you so but much. It was just, I, well, I will tell you. It's such a creative my idea. A with me as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was such a creative idea. Like do it. I mean, it's such a, such a good solution. So yeah, we're pretty accustomed to wearing masks in our house now. Yeah. We're yep. ready to go. Well, that
4: that's fantastic. that's fantastic. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's important because, you know, we, we had to talk about, um, you know, whether they were going to go on the A-B schedule. They were going to yeah. go all virtual. Right. And so we had to say, you know, are you willing to keep your teachers and your friends and your mom and dad safe? And if you are, then this is something you're going to have to do. And yep. it's something you have to practice. It's like wearing a costume. Uh, You don't just go out on stage and and perform the first time you've ever put on a costume. You've got to practice with it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so
1: true. Absolutely. So, so you're Teacher of the Year, and then you go back to the classroom, right? What are you going to... Yeah, go ahead.
4: Oh, I was going to say, yes. So, this year, definitely Teacher of the Year. I am on sabbatical to do touring talking engagements, but also I will be running for the National Teacher of the Year.
1: Yes, which is a a whole nother big uh, packet of work to do, right?
4: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I haven't gotten that information yet. Um, All of, I guess, my my class, they're being chosen at this time. And um, so as soon, I think as we're all um, officially named, then we get our packet and we start to work again.
1: Yes. And, and so then uh, Teacher of the Year is over. What do you do to continue to elevate the voice of educators?
4: Well, I really believe, and, th- and this is a personal philosophy philosophy of mine, but we cannot be complacent in our pedagogy. We cannot be complacent mm-hmm. in our empathy. And we cannot be complacent in our advocacy. I believe that we have to keep speaking out on what we do and how we should be treated. We have to have open and honest conversations with legislators, with parents, uh, with the public about what our needs are, what our concerns are, because we know what it's like on the day-to-day in our building. We know. Everyone can guess from whatever Disney show they watch about (laughs) teachers or what they do or don't do, Um, but we are professionals, and I think that for me, I am going to continue probably until the the last breath I have in advocating for teachers. This is what we do. We are professionals. We deserve to be treated like professionals because we are are investing in the greatest investment of all. And that is our children ever. And I think that everyone is seeing right now that without education, without schools, without teachers, everything can come to a screeching halt. And so if we are that vital, then we should be protected and we should be celebrated every single year.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you've just been to church with Pastor Gina Nelson, (laughs) Oklahoma State Teacher of the Year. Oh,
0: my gosh. Gina for president. Oh, man. Oh, don't do that. (laughs) Well, we know that you are hustling like crazy this time of year. So we appreciate your time and we appreciate your advocacy.
4: Well, thank you so much. And I, I really want everyone who's listening out there to know I am here for you. When I say that I am willing to travel, I am willing to travel. I am willing to go virtual. Um, let's not, you know, just make this a, a one and done. Let's keep all the wonderful things that we're doing constantly mm-hmm. in the press, constantly on social media. When I first started and I, ta- I started telling about everyone, I was like, oh, I want to start this revolution of morale about education. I was told that positivity is an anomaly and that really won't sell. What? and so I am going to fight that and yes. say that yes it can because mm-hmm. we're doing amazing things and now I want to showcase that so I hope that whoever's listening please reach out to me
0: get Thank her, you get her on social media she's yep. she's ready so thank you again Gina we appreciate all you do
4: thank you I appreciate both of you so so much and uh, please have me on again I can't wait to talk to you
0: okay yes come back. <laughs>
1: And welcome to Alicia's morning announcements. Do, 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 do. All right, so hopefully uh, yesterday you were able to see Kindra, Congresswoman Kendra Horn's education town hall that we hosted for her. We had great questions. So good. So good, and and um, Congresswoman Horn just answered everything. Um, told us all about the things that Congress is doing right now and not doing.
0: Man, and we had, I mean, it was everything from high school students to retirees, like everything in between, sports staff, all of it. it was, we covered like a ton of ground. It was really, really good.
1: Yeah, the the high school student that talked about the, you know, the student lunch uh, issue and if yeah. you don't have money and how, you know, being in debt to the school because you can't pay for lunch. Really good. Yeah. To our student, um, member talking about, uh, student loans to become Mm -hmm. an educator and, and the issues that her friends are having in, uh, obtaining loans in Mm -hmm. this, you know, they've lost their jobs and how are they going to pay them back? Mm -hmm. And, oh my goodness. Uh, it it really was fantastic. It's on, isn't it on our on our uh, Facebook, Facebook page yep. because we live streamed it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you missed it last night, you can go back and and watch it. Um, in other news, uh, you know, we talked with Amber Spradlin, the president of Choctaw Nakoma Park ACT, uh-huh. and uh, Ivy Riggs, and talked about how important it is to get involved, and there's an opportunity to get involved uh, this Saturday. Um, get involved if you want to, uh, help out Ron Sharp in his reelection. You can meet at the Shawnee McDonald's on Kickapoo or the Choctaw Brahms, uh, and apparently there's only one, so the Choctaw Brahms, uh, at 8.30 on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, or find a candidate or issue that you want to work for and put in some equity. Yep. I mean, it really kind of is cathartic too, because you get to... You know, you're acting, you're doing something and putting some of that energy of of what's going on in education and how can I help? Man, and it feels like right now there's just, especially with the pandemic,
0: it feels like, oh my gosh, like there's so much that we don't have control over that it just, I mean, so much sort of chaos right now. And that is something where you do feel like, okay, this is what I can do, whether yeah. it's write a postcard, make a phone call, walk door, you know, whatever it is, it, it, it does feel empowering where you're like, okay. I've actually like done something to help.
1: Whatever yeah, the issue is. I'm whatever part of the, the solution, right. not just a griper and a Facebook poster. Right. I'm doing something about it. Putting my money where my mouth but is. But you can be a griper and Facebook
0: poster and also knock doors. Whatever. Yes,
1: all of the all of the things. <laughs> you can do all of the things. Just do something. Um and uh OEA has an election guide coming out. Um it you can find it at okea.org slash vote twenty twenty. Um, And if you want to see the recommendations that our our PAC has made, Mm -hmm. then you have to register and go behind the wall for members only. Um, You know, some groups take our recommendations as we are telling our members what to do and how to vote. Can can you even imagine? No. No.
0: I will, you can call me and I will personally walk with you into the polling place and (laughs) supervise. No, I'm kidding. That's dumb.
1: And yeah, I mean, we look at education issues only and, um, and we provide information because it, we know that it's important to have an informed citizenry. Right. And, and so providing more information for you about how a person responds it uh, public education issues yeah. is not telling you how to vote. Exactly. And I think, you know, I, I do, I think
0: that people sometimes forget that our, um, the Fund for Ed, for Children in Public Education, they go through the process of interviewing candidates, they vet them, um, and they're all members. They're yeah. all OEA members that do that process. And it's just uh, the, uh, people of both parties, people of all backgrounds and areas and that kind of stuff. And so it's really just, gathering all the information about the candidate and then saying, okay, who, who could be the best for public education? It's not saying how to vote at all. It's just saying, here's how your colleagues, you know, came out on this, on this race. So it's just helpful. And if you don't, if you don't like it, just, I mean, the point is just vote, vote. Doesn't I like whatever your party, whatever your issue, whatever your platform, just like vote and remember the education's on the ballot. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. I, unless, unless you're me and I have no elections, so I won't vote, but I will send all the love to people who can vote and do vote on Tuesday.
1: Right. And we'll still be working and walking for somebody on Saturday.
0: And sweating. And sweating. All right. Well, thank you uh, so much to Amber Spradlin of Ch- choctaw Park ACT and Ivy Riggs of our Legislative and Political Organizing Center. Thank you also to Gina Nelson, who is the Teacher of the Year. Just a wonderful, inspirational message that maybe I need to hear every single day. And thank you for joining us and for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernell jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association.
1: And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcasts at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.